Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Hello, sir. Well, good morning to you, Matthew. How are you? Doing all right. See, you shifted out of the podcast studio. You're sitting uh, in the garage. I like it. like the view. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, why not mix it up? <laughs> yeah. I got, I got this big monstrous place. I might as well show some different actually, angles it, from time to time, right? Actually, I, it sounds better because I think sometimes with the microphone, it's not close enough and it's so directional. This actually sounds pretty. This actually sounds pretty good. And this microphone. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so you got to keep it real. You got to keep it real close. Uh, um, I'm going to guess you're sitting at uh, at uh, one of the lev rack benches. (laughs) <laughs> the one <with> no the- <laughs> left the right one- bench Smith. yeah <laughs> and uh and the viper seat because i've got the rolling workbench that i move around uh and use it as a as kind of a mobile podcast uh, studio as well they're um, fantastic dude i mean i can't rant and rave enough about them it would sit here and be a leverack commercial but yeah they're they're gonna be coming about back out in the next couple of weeks i'm gonna throw one up in the uh Wash Bay area, and then we've talked about it. They they customized one for Wanda out for the barn. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you never know great. the uses of a lev rack. Oh no, listen, she's been she's been pretty keen on commandeering some of the cool garage stuff, the fans, and now the the benches and the lev racks, and bringing them all into the into the barn. Super useful though. That's an understatement, man. Those yeah. animals throughout what was it, forty three days of a uh, over a hundred degree weather. Yeah, um, the those uh, those be cool fans, dude, saved their lives. So, yes, hats off to uh, Ben Peck. Um, all right, so we're gonna uh, welcome our guest, Randy Nonenberg from Bring a Trailer. Uh, Randy's the founder, co-founder, and uh, I guess president runs runs uh, Bring a Trailer, and he's been on the show in the past. If you guys have listened to the shows with uh, myself and Adam Carolla, Randy's been on over the years. Um, Actually, kind of when Bring a Trailer was just starting, we had a couple of chats in the early days. And to see Bring a Trailer sort of grow, I mean, explode really uh, to, I guess, to becoming the largest car auction platform out there that I can imagine. Right. So, Randy, uh, before before you jump in, uh, <laughs> I live in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I'm the hu- one of the hugest car guys there are. Uh, I'm I'm off the grid to a certain degree, give me the spiel real quick about what you do and how you've changed the industry. So uh, thanks for having me guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, Being with both of you is special. So I, um, yeah, we started uh, bringing a trailer way back in 2007, just turning it on, uh, finding cars out there that were online, whether, you know, those were buried in, buried in Craigslist or buried in eBay or buried on some terrible dealer website. And it was kind of a treasure hunting site. But then um, we gained some visibility due to the kind of stuff that really I was finding. It was like my uh, therapy, really, right? I didn't watch a lot of TV. I didn't I didn't do that sort of stuff. I would stay up late at night hunting around on the internet for cars. And this and was before COVID or, or right when COVID hit? This is like a million years ago by internet terms, man. This is 2007, gotcha. 2008, yeah, yeah, 2009. Quite a yeah. yeah. And, um, but the kind of stuff that I was finding, I didn't have the money to go buy it. So I would put it on, on the website and say, Hey, take a look. And guys like Matt and guys like Adam and different guys sort of heard about it through the grapevine. And then I had some lucky wins in the early day. Yeah. I got to be on the podcast with Matt and, uh, and Adam and tell people what bring a trailer was. And people started signing up for this thing like crazy. And then they started fighting over the cars and, um, and it, it, it caused sort of a hubbub about that. And so we decided to build a first have a classified model, but then build a bidding model because, um, you know, one-off special things like the cars in the garages behind you guys, uh, the, the best way to get the right price without just bickering about it is to start it at $0 and see where it goes, right? So we built our own proprietary auction for that. So yeah, Matt says it's the largest um, uh, auction site. It is, uh, I mean, eBay would still be the largest online auction because they sell handbags and trinkets and all, all sorts of things, right? But for car-focused, we are the largest car auction marketplace in the world now, you know, $1.4 billion last year, which is totally crazy at this point. And it took us a long time clawing to get there. We turned on auctions in 2014. So this coming summer will actually be 10 years of doing this. 
and uh, yeah, put 125,000 cars through the system now, and it's it's its own monster. And uh, it started real humble, you know. We just kind of were like, let's see if we can do it, and and do an auction kind of like that car people would like, and to do it in a honest and fair way, which was actually really different than the way most <laughs> things were going. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that kind of freaked everybody out when we're like, yeah, we're going to make the bids transparent and we're going to show who's doing it and we're going to leave it permanently on the internet. And people were like, what are you doing? That's a, t- that's a crazy idea. And we're like, let's see, see if it works. And it, it ended up working. Transparency. What a crazy idea. Christ, <laughs> you gotta be kidding yeah. me. Well, first and foremost, thank you on a million trillion levels as a car guy, but most importantly, like for a guy like me, uh, being able to bring these cars to the forefront when nobody else has either been able to find them, care about bringing them to the forefront for whatever reason it is, uh, it just passes it down and it makes another generation appreciate the cool stuff that's hidden behind the, you know, hidden behind the door, behind closed doors. I appreciate that, Bill. You and I have never met. This is my first time chatting with you, and I, I don't even know if you know BAT or I've been on it before or heard about it. But I've only uh, but... heard about it from Matt. I, I yeah. truthfully, the only auction stuff that I ever do is Barrett Jackson. I only take mm-hmm. my cars and sell them there. As far as purchasing vehicles, that's the only place I purchase them. Other than, then uh, I I bought one on eBay during the longest yard, which is a story in and of itself. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know. Um, I just don't get out much, but I've heard <laughs> nothing but wonderful things from Matt and from the masses, obviously with Goldberg's garage out on YouTube now and what I've been doing in the car space for God knows how long. There's a lot of people talking about what you're doing. And I've never, I I, I can honestly say that I have not heard a negative about what you do. So um, bravo hats off to you and just keep it up. Well, I appreciate that. It's not perfect by any means. And it's it's kind of fun to get to give you the pitch on it at this point, sort of late in the game, Matt, right? Like in the early days, people were like, what's bring a trailer? Are you selling trailers or what? Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, and and there was a lot more explaining and giving the elevator pitch. So we actually do that less and less now, but it's still, I mean, it's my heart and soul and fun to do. And and uh, I just love that you guys, you guys are part of it or would have me on to talk about it at all, frankly. So and, thank and you. And ironically, no, ironically, I Googled it and the first car that pop up was seen as MG. The, oh, yeah. well, yeah, that yeah. thing is crazy. That's one that was on just this week that I never would have guessed that uh, John Cena is into MGB GTs. That was a little bit of a curveball for me, but kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know how he fits in it, but Bill fits into his Cobra <laughs> as long as there's no, obviously there's no hard top or anything on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting is, is you know, some of the stats you put out already, uh, 1.4 billion in sales last year, or just about that, 125,000 plus cars sold and, you know, something like another 600 every week. Uh, a million registered users or over a million registered users now. And what started off was with was a site with, a sense of humor, even the whole idea of bring a trailer is it started off with some collector stuff and kind of uh, uh, race car stuff and it kind of grew. And what's interesting is, is I want to get your feedback on this is how and when do you think BAT sort of made the jump to significant expensive cars? Like I had this conversation with Gooding and and maybe it's COVID, but for Gooding, it was COVID. So Gooding said during COVID, they started doing what they call their geared online auctions. And they said, you know, their particular clientele that likes to go to the events and see the cars in person, uh, they didn't think they were going to sell a million dollar car online because those people like to come and see it. And somehow they 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 sort of gravitated toward it toward it maybe they were forced to because covid said you can't go see the cars and they still wanted those cars and and then all of a sudden you know for them those auctions have been doing well but you guys have kind of got into that kind of in a big way the acceptance of getting into high dollar cars and i don't know what the benchmark is for you guys if it's 250,000 or if it's 750,000 but uh it 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 made a big jump yeah, it it absolutely made a big jump. And I mean, the funny part is uh, there was a lot of skepticism when we came around in 2014 and started doing auctions, right? I mean, when you're selling the vehicles, the um, 
the public perception is totally different. Writing, I mean, anybody can write about a Ferrari Enzo or whatever in, in on the internet in 2007, 8, 9, 10, all that sort of stuff. But when we are actually transacting them and responsible for the transaction of the vehicle, the uh, the skepticism around it was like, okay, what's this going to work for? Is this going to work for a Miata or is this going to work for you know, a 308 GTB, or is this going to work for a Lamborghini or is this going to work for, you know, multi-million dollar cars, like what you're talking about. And so yeah. the, the, at the beginning, we seeded the auction with our own car. We didn't think anybody was going to believe us at the beginning. So we actually seeded it with our own cars and the most expensive was probably 60, 70 grand, right? Like something just sort of in that sort of sweet spot. But then after that, the, um, there, there was this sort of, external discussion, which is exactly what you're talking about, which is what David Goody was talking about. And and everybody else was like, okay, well, who's this going to be useful for? Is this going to be useful for just, you know, the low end, you know, entry level collector? Or are people going to start putting nice stuff, right? I mean, Bill mentions Barrett and, and the cars that they sell, right? I mean, are people, they have nice stuff. Are people going to start to put the nice stuff online? Or is that always going to need... Uh, you know, auctioneer and a gavel and a and a British accent and all the right. stuff, you know, so all the trimmings. So it started, it was like a, a progressive sort of march. And I say it's been 10 years, those first couple of years, it was just like, okay, people trying stuff. And there were a couple people that were sort of risk takers. There's this one crazy collector guy in in Michigan. Uh, and he decided to put a 300 SL Roadster on in like the first or second year of BAT auctions, right? Which is a, I don't know, 800, 900K car at that point. It's yeah. now a seven figure car. Um, and it didn't sell, it missed reserve, right? But it, it got all this visibility and moment, momentum. And I think it only bid, it bid to 700 grand or something, which was light. So he didn't take it. Uh, but it was part of this journey of, okay, what's the upper limit? What can this do? What are people willing to engage online about? And this was way pre-COVID, right? I mean, this is 2015, 2016. And people were kind of, can we do this? Can we not do this and bring a trailer? We were the only show in town now. I mean, one, one thing you haven't mentioned is there's like a, a ton of other uh, auctions that have adopted this model online now and are, are kind of trying to do it the way BAT does it. But back then we were kind of the only show other than eBay. We were like the only show in town for doing online sales of, of special cars like this. So we... Um, I thought it was super interesting and and we would we would gladly accept those and be like let's try it but it takes a special kind of seller to do that and now here we are right at the top um so then covid happened and all these other factors have happened and the there's not really as much hesitation like we have a new uh, uh second generation or whatever you want to call it Ford GT on the site listed basically one a day there's like a queue we or sorry not yeah. one a day one one a week we don't we don't let like it stack up with a bunch of them at the same time but we we kind of feed them out and that's a million dollar car sort of all day long and those are transacting and it's like kind of normal now to have a million dollar car on BAT and transacting online so it is it was a journey but it's it's pretty established now that it's sort of a normal thing to do but back then it certainly wasn't but not not to extremely simplify the 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 case here but at the end of the day all you need is two people that want the car <laughs> yeah you do and you I need a, what, a i don't care what the platform is it doesn't matter yeah but, but you need then, a willingness it's presentation and then it's yeah. everything beyond that but yeah the truth is is that the equation only works with at least two people that want that car and if yeah. you can get it out to those people in the proper way and they're willing to roll the dice you know i mean Yep. Yep. That's absolutely true. And, and, uh, that's but even it snowballs. It snowballs yeah. after that. You've got those two people and then two people are like, well, they're willing to do it. Or I'm going to do it. <laughs> I've been the guy in the collector car market. And then it multiplies and multiplies, but all you have to do is set that standard. And you guys have done a wonderful job. Yeah. That that's really what it has done in, in the snowball sort of effect. And, um, yeah, so it, it worked. A lot of that was the the work of um, making sure that it was trustworthy and what we're saying about these cars, right? I mean, because the the norm, it's really funny that the bar was so low back in the day. I mean, every internet listing for a car was two sentences and like didn't say anything. It had like four pictures and two sentences, right? And we were always like, this is so broken. This could be this could be so much better and the pictures could be bigger and the details could be deeper and the contact and all, all those things are the things we uh we really tried to solve and that's what brought the two people you know into the into the uh battle as it were and then they they started believing in it but nobody believed in it early early days and there was so much skepticism around 
you know, wounds that people had had from eBay transactions gone wrong and and everything else. You know what I mean? I've been to auctions, you know, uh, personally and been taken. Right. So the model of doing it online, out of sight, out of mind is quite challenging to take on. Right. So, but once you earn that trust, I mean, it, it, it's it's the place to go. So yeah, that so was the there, difference. There, there's there's part of a, a of the recipe here. Um, you know, I I wouldn't maybe not the secret recipe because it's all out there. But part of the recipe from day one was you guys curated the cars out of out of what was submitted to you and still do, and you guys write the description. So you have an editorial department. You have a probably a fairly large now editorial department. I don't know how many you had to do yourself back in the day, but but it's sort of grown and that model hasn't hasn't changed much. Uh, I I mean it's probably changed in that you very rarely now get a car that hasn't been on the site at one point in its life like not the same car, but like you said, you know, you you put up 63 Chevy Impala up there now you have people on the editorial staff going, we've written about 37 of these things. We kind of know what to look for and what we're going to say. But- and as a buyer to know that, that an impartial party, well, impartial for the most part is impartial party writing the description. I mean, that that's, that's huge because I'm not going to be bamboozled by the owner who's trying to bamboozle you in bamboozling me. Right. So it, it's vetted before it gets to me. That's one of the important parts. Yeah, we've always had that, uh, Matt. That used to be me doing everything. I think, <laughs> thankfully, now it is not. You know, we have a we have a staff with a ton of expertise and more expertise than I have in a lot of models and 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 different areas. And yeah, gone into motorcycles now and gone into all sorts of different stuff, which we never could have done if this was all just gated through me and the the crazy stuff that I like. But but having that, yeah, we're we need to be honest that we're not totally impartial, right? We prefer for cars to sell because that's the business model. But at the same time, yeah, you go to some some old traditional auctions and they won't even admit that they're biased in any way, right? And it's just like, come on, guys, you guys are you guys are on the take here and we got to figure out how everybody knows what's going it's- on. So we we try to be really open with, yeah, if it sells, it's this much and that goes in our pocket. And sure, we'd like for it to sell, but here's what the seller says and here's what we say, and yeah, if you if you read the descriptions, a lot of people are like, Randy, your descriptions are so dry and basic. And I'm like, that's so different than the world of, you know, this is the most spectacular Mustang ever created, which is what all the other all the other things we were reacting to. So it's really funny. BT is like a reaction model to the rest of the industry because uh, because of all the things that drove guys like the three of us crazy for years and years and and. Yeah, if you tell a buyer that it's the best Mustang ever created and then he buys it and then it's not, like he's upset. We'd rather undersell it and just say, you know, this is a 65 Mustang. It's a cool car. It's got a 289 in it. And here's a 250 photos of it. And if you like it, go for it. And if you don't, an objective just talk about it. Yeah, just like just like facts instead of fluff. So uh it's kind of our brand. And and honestly, I think I think that's why it's been successful. It's been a sort of breath of fresh air for a lot of car people that are that are tired of of the the fluff and and hype of cars which we've all been accustomed to for years and years so some of the strategy though was planned was like you're going to curate cars you're going to write the descriptions you're going to give it a certain tone a certain feel to it and we're going to make it consistent across the board and something that is a little less predictable are the comments and the comments now start to in some cases authenticate authenticate a car in some cases invalidate a car and and in some cases add a lot of the adjectives that you said that you guys don't normally add you know like you're going to a, a quick auction you're going to to you know to barrett jackson which all done and it's a it, it's a big room and it's a big party and people get very excited and uh but you know on average, you got about 30 seconds to make that excitement happen. And if it's a bigger car or a charity car or something, you get about a minute and a half, right? You don't you don't get seven days of comments and and research even into that car. I think is that kind of what you were expecting from the 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 comments section of the site, or did did that end up being different than what you thought? 
Well, I mean, you can you can never predict what's going to happen, right? Like Bill Goldberg can drop in and say whatever he wants, right? Which is it can be the great news or it can be it can be tougher on sellers, right? People can be like, wait, like this car has this. And, you know, you said you've had it for 30 years, but my buddy saw this car in Topeka 10 years ago and what's going on, right? So it's all about sort of truth finding. And we think that's better for the buyer, uh, to know that stuff is out there. So they'll bid or honestly don't not bid. Like if stuff doesn't feel right, then don't bid. And that's better for everybody than to bid under under false pretense. So, but the comments let people either rave about a car or pick on a car in a way that um, it it takes the heat off of the people running the show, i.e. us, right? Bill says like, you guys need to be unbiased. We take a step back and we say, okay, well, you guys discuss it. Like if we're wrong or the seller is wrong or whatever, like here's seven days where you get to, you get to pipe up about that. And um, that dynamic also gives buyers, it's that whole confidence thing for the internet. Cause the internet, I mean, if it's just closed off and you're only believing what the auction house or the or the seller is saying, and nobody, like there's a bunch of, you guys would all call your buddies, Matt, if there's a Ford Lightning on there, like you'd call your buddies and be like, this guy's totally wrong. Like it doesn't have that exhaust or it doesn't have what he's saying it has, or look at the mismatch of the paint on that rear quarter or whatever. Right. And so those conversations are going on anyway at every sales venue ever. Right. And it's what we did was just put an open microphone and turn it on on it, which is can be tricky on a seller, right? On a seller, you have to have a little thicker skin because guys are going to talk about your paint mismatch or rightfully or wrongfully, and you have to figure out how to navigate that. But we think overall, particularly online, like if you're at uh, whatever, XYZ auction, and you're looking at the car with your three expert buddies, like that's one conversation. But online, if the car is on the other side of the country and you're not going to go look at it before bidding on it, having an open microphone where people can debate it, I think is better because But is anybody can... debating it as they're as they're physically in front of the vehicle? Sometimes. That's, that's, yeah, sometimes a, oh, yeah, a guy yeah. will go. Uh, so, and the crazy part of the community, Bill, is like somebody will go and say, hey, I'm, this car's up the street from me. I didn't know it was there. But does somebody want me to go eyeball it for them? Right. Like there's this like community effect of of engaging with the cars and doing stuff. So we see that dynamic uh, fairly often. Um, so this, or, is, this, is, this, yep. this is in place of an auction, i.e. a Barrett Jackson having the vehicle on site for five days prior to it going up up on the auction. Um, so you can physically go to the vehicle, which is what I do, or yep. send someone there and go over it with a fine tooth comb. This is in place of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be. It, it can be for some subset. And I mean, you've done this. I've done this, right? Like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to be it. Barrett Jackson in Florida. Like I'm, I like look through my phone. I'm like, who's there? Who can I yeah, call that's there? Absolutely. And I'm like, Hey dude, did you see that Chevelle? Like, can you go walk that aisle? Even if you wouldn't have usually, can you go look at that car and see if it's what they say it is? Yeah. Um, it's kind of an extension of that, but you can do that at scale across the country be from a private party car, which is very different. And, for and all, the, of- all, all the cars are in, in, uh, are, in the all the owners are in possession of the vehicle when it goes up for auction uh typically yeah we run about a uh it's about 40 percent dealers and about 60 percent private parties is uh, the split on bat not because we steer that that's just kind of where it falls and we um so they're available right and that's why we chose seven day auctions right you can do this in 24 hours or, or three weeks or whatever, but we're like, look, seven days. If, you, if you're really interested, you're, you can find a way to get eyeballs on that car in a week so if, if you need to, right? Can you hook a potential buyer up with a way to send someone to see that vehicle in person? Um, there, we have local partners that can help take a look at it. They're not in every single, like if it's in, you know, I don't know where you are in Texas, how far out you are there, Bill, but, but like if, if you're close to somewhere where we, we have resources and partners, you can do that sort of thing. But it's, I wouldn't overstate that it's in every corner of the globe. You can go do that. Sometimes it can be a little tricky, but, uh, on, on the whole, if you need to get eyes on a car in seven days, you can do it. But that one of the shocking things is that we've discovered just by watching this dynamic is the amount of people that bid without that, right? I mean, they look at the photos, they they call, maybe they talk to the seller, but, um, and we encourage everybody to go eyeball the car if, if there's any way you possibly can, but there's so much emotion in these cars, right? And and all these auction companies see this in their online bidders or even phone bidders is people will pull the trigger 
uh, without going and looking at it. But we highly recommend if you can ever yeah. go eyeball and touch the car, do it. Well, so let me let me add to that, because as someone who's sold many cars on Bring a Trailer and some pretty unique stuff, like some of Adam Carolla's racing cars, there's a virtual version of what you're talking about, Bill, that happens. And it happens kind of two ways is as the seller. People often will comment and call out the seller and say, can you get me a better photo of this part of the car or can you explain what i'm seeing in the photo uh you know because there's you you usually have to submit quite a few photos 100 plus photos basically and and people will start calling you out but then as a buyer for example you may be looking at a car on bring a trailer thinking about questions that you have but then you have the added benefit of a bunch of other commenters also coming up with questions you didn't think of. Yeah. Right. You have this forum of people going, I know these cars. Is there a Vintag behind the bumper? Can you get us a picture of it? It wasn't uploaded there. You know, did you reproduce something? Is the color matched? You know, people have gone so far to go. Can you peel back some of the weather stripping so I can see it before the repaint? You know, like there's. Oh, yeah. There's all the quite, shit that I would do because yeah. I've been taken. We Everybody's been taken online. Whether yeah, there's 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 quite a, a discussion there. So uh, you have to be an active seller in the listing. Otherwise, it's not going to move and you kind of get you called out for that. Now, the other thing that I find interesting about bring a trailer is I credit the commenters on bring a trailer for generally being kind and certainly like-minded. They're, they're, they're car guys, whether they can't afford to buy or sell, that's fine. or just not in a position or don't have the cars to do it. There's still a lot of commenters like there's some nasty things people say on YouTube and Twitter. And for some reason, I don't really see a lot of that on bring it and Instagram and Instagram. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that. And I see far less of that. We even had a car up there and I'm sure someone was having cocktails in the middle of the night and firing up comments on bring a trailer. And without me saying anything, other people were commenting and going, this is not the right forum for that. So why don't you just take that offline? Well, Go ahead car, and hey, DM I, me later gonna, or something. I, I don't want to pigeonhole it. Car guys and girls. Car guys and girls are different, right? So, I mean, we, we, we're we different. We look at the business in a different way. So every subset, every, every genre is going to have its subset of pricks, right? And <laughs> I, I think, I, I just don't think there is many in the car world. That's all. Yeah, I, at least everyone gets like-minded when they're when they're in that environment, either online or you know at Ren Sport or Monterey Car Week or you know even just walking, you know a, a live auction. It's just everyone's kind of on the same page. They're here to have a good time. They want to talk about cars. They really don't want to shoot the shit about politics or work or anything else, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I like that aspect of it. But the commenters, uh, you generally have polite commenters, Randy. <laughs> Uh, for the most part, I'm glad you say that as a multi multi car seller, right? I mean, being a seller on BAT can be tricky because even if they're polite, you're like, they can fire. There can be a hundred questions about a car that are legitimate questions, right? And they're not uh, driven by a, a person being a jerk. They're just driven by them wanting to know information, and that can that takes some that takes some energy and and some research sometimes, and some oh, okay, I'll go back out to the garage and take that photo of the you know wheel well liner on the car that's crooked or whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like oh man, here we go. But that's part of that's part of selling a car, and that's why I think cars get the results they do on BAT because um, there's this sort of positive pressure that if somebody asks something. And the seller just kind of goes dark or ghosts them or whatever that it doesn't the 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 result doesn't pan out well for them yeah. right but but if you're willing to do some of this administrative and some of this hand holding and whatever as a seller like things go bananas the other direction they go super positively for you because people know what a that the that the details of the car are presented um, to the level that they're asking, but also that the seller's an okay person, right? Like, do you want a seller? Like, what, what's it like when you're standing in somebody's driveway trying to buy the car and you're like, hey, can you start it up? And they're like, no, I can't, <laughs> right? You're like, yeah. hey, like the car may be great, but this guy is kind of a jerk. Like I'm, I'm, uh, the deal may not need to happen at this point, right? If, if the, right. that, cause the seller's kind of part of the transaction. So BAT and that whole 
commenting thing in a way that we could never just tell you, hey, this seller's a good guy, right? Uh, or a really nice woman, right? But we, if you ask questions and you see how they interact, you're like, oh, okay, I get the the car piece and the seller piece and the documentation piece, and now I'm I'm ready to roll. It's it's that's actually really different than the other options where you're like, who owns this or like the title's been in 17 different dealers. Like what, what are we talking about? Like the, the owner piece I've always really liked buying from private parties when I can, because you get so much more of the history and the story and the receipts and know the garage it was parked in for the last 10 years and all that sort of stuff. And that's really, uh, really cool when you can discover it. And that's the kind of stuff that comes out on BAT and, and can be requested. Hey, can you show me a picture of you know, the oil drips where this thing parks in your garage for the last 15 years. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's context. That's really hard to get anywhere, anywhere else. And so, unless you're like, you know, buying a car down the street from you. So uh, that's pretty cool. I think. Well, I want to talk about uh, sort of the trends that you've seen over the past couple of years. Um, certainly uh, I think even the last time we spoke on the show of uh, 80s, 80s, 90s cars were really starting to, to, to take off. And I, I'm still seeing, uh, quite a bit of that. Like I'm literally looking at a, a Fox body Mustang and LX, you know, it's a bone stock car. It's 1900 miles. I have no idea why it's at $61,000, but it is. I'm like, you is know, that it's that a notch. Is, is yeah, that a black yeah, notch? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another black notch. Meanwhile, the guys with, with Cobras and sack cars are going, uh, you know, this is, this is Cobra money. This is 93 Cobra money. How is a, a, a bone stock? Uh, Mustang pulling pulling that kind of money. I I don't know, but maybe you have a better idea of what's going on there. But let's talk about some of the the trends you're seeing on 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 bring a trailer. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's been over this ten year cycle of auctions. Obviously, there's been ups and downs, and things have come and gone. I would say last year, and everybody has sort of seen this and seen it play out. There was sort of the peak frothiness of the market and people buying stuff and paying too much for cars and flipping cars and and really high results. It was really a seller's market, call it a year ago, um, now into a year and a half ago. And now it has simmered down a little bit. I think people are more sane, but there's still some shooting stars like that thing that you're talking about right now, right? Like you bring a wonderful example to market with no miles on it that wins the next time you're going to see another one. Um, then people, people get super fired up and that can be for nineties cars. That can be for sixties muscle cars, you know? So, um, we, I love the fact that BAT has you know cars of all eras on it there are some auctions out there that are starting to like specialize and we only do bmws or we only do cars from the 2000s or we only do trucks or we only do whatever yeah um i'm such a schizophrenic guy in terms of the stuff that i love like i'm stoked that you call out a fox body mustang but then we've also you know got weird italian motorcycles and and you know rest of mod four by fours from uh, jonathan ward you know so yeah. it's cool to have all that stuff all over the place so the, but the trend overall I think the main thing people are talking about right now is just the fact that it's more of a buyer's market than it was a seller's market a year and a half ago. I think that's almost universal across most uh, makes and models just because of the sort of financial environment that we're in. And and we're, we're yet another chapter beyond COVID uh, panic slash frenzy. Um, and people are just kind of back to some sanity but we have i mean a dealer down there in texas uh, uh bill is selling a collection of gated shifter ferraris of all flavor and you know presented really well um and the right cars right obviously all manual transmissions and all um you know nice color combos and that sort of stuff there's there's it always amazes me frankly that there's like an appetite and hunger for uh, a ferrari 550 that's that's um like constantly there it's never going away like somebody's out there buying those cars all the time if we put one up it will sell again the four gts um you know mm -hmm. 2005 2006 four gts we'll have one or two or sometimes even three live on the site and people want those cars and it's like a, a funny like economic barometer right you're like what was that car was selling for three and a quarter last year now it's that 367 right and you can you can almost like chart what's going on with those because the um, the cars are so similar and the, the data now is so permanent on BAT. You don't have to go like hunt around. Yeah. It's like, it's right there. So, um, that sort of stuff is, is fascinating to watch. So I would say, yeah, eighties and nineties cars are still hot just because, um, there is momentum towards, um, uh, younger collectors and people are trying to, to push for that. And guys, I'm 46 years old, right? Like I still think, uh, cars built in the nineties were kind of the stuff that was unattainable for me when I was a kid. So, I, you know, I yeah. love 
Integrales and Renault R5s and, and GTIs and all that crazy stuff. Um, and, but the, the early stuff, you know, everybody spins these yarns about like, oh, people aren't going to like muscle cars and, and high boys and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, come get out of here. Like there are people around in my, in my demographic and older and younger that, that are going to carry the torch for a lot of that, a lot of that sort of stuff. So we, it's, it's crazy for a long time. The, the top, what was it? Number two and number three cars, the top car on BAT ever to sell is a, is a, uh, Ferrari La Ferrari, right? Like modern supercar. That second and third for a long time, I think they may have been displaced now, but the second and third for a long time were 20s era Mercedes, crazy, like pre-war Mercedes cars. And it's like, wow, that's a curveball. That's not what everybody yeah. would have thought. You'd think it'd just be like a, you know, a Shelby GT350 or, or something a little bit more um standard Popular. in the world of collecting, right? Yeah. And so that I, that shows like the crazy breadth of of uh the interest out there forget bring a trailer just like general interest that somebody's out there plopping down money for esoteric unusual stuff um i think is really a positive indicator of of general car interest so that fires me up something's going on on bring a trailer or bring a trailer is exposing something in the car community that i just didn't really know it was quite out there and that's the low mile car like we know there's low mile cars but bring a trailer is like here's a honda crx from 19 i don't know 89 or 1990 and it's got you know 580 miles on it like why why do you have that like what was <laughs> when you got it like what did you think you were gonna do with that car like did you just think hey the tiniest little you know, Honda is just going to show up on a website one day once we figure out what websites are. And then, you know, and I'm going to get a lot of money for it. I just don't, I don't know where these cars are coming from. You know, these low mile cars are just coming out of the woodwork. I was like, where were they? What did you do with this thing? It's confusing, like, you know, I mean, but it's delightful at the same time, right? You're like, I'm glad it exists. Was I the guy that was going to park, you know, a 90s? Uh, era Ford Ranger four cylinder five speed yeah. standard cab like in my garage and not use it for thirty five years like I'm I'm not the guy that was going to do that but am I glad that somebody did that I'm like yeah yeah I'm, I'm glad that somebody did that I, and uh, you know there's, there's maniacs the, out there there's going to be the guy that has the seventy convertible four speed three eighteen Cuda <laughs> right right but that's a but that's, that's the car a, that was in the showroom for better or worse. Like when you went tripping through there buying a Plymouth wagon with your mom and dad or whatever. Right. So, I mean, you cruise through and that cool car was car, there. Right. That's the cool car. Well, yeah. With the shittiest motor you that's available in it. That's my yeah. point. So, right. I mean, right. all the so, Hemi cars were gone and then all the 318s were gutted to be Hemi, you know, uh, recreations. And yep. now good luck finding a three original 318 convertible car or 318 yep. car yes. period. Yes. Now it's interesting because we we brought up the Mustang. It's 1900 miles. It's 61,000 bucks. But when these were popping up and going, oh, here's a, a here's a 91 notchback Mustang. Somebody paid $17,000, kept it in their garage for 35 years to sell it for $17,000 and they're going, Hey, I didn't lose a dime on it. I was like, yeah, other than storage and insurance and not driving it, you know, but now it's $61,000. So someone's like, see, you know, someone's going over to their spouse, their husband or wife are going, I told you this ugly piece of shit would be worth money one day. I'm so glad. It's only got to be two, remember? I'm so glad we we took up all of this space in our garage or our warehouse to hold on to this thing for so long so I could make $40,000 on, on, on the car. But I, yeah, some of these low mile cars, I they, they surprise me. Um, they're kind of interesting. I... I, I'm trying to understand it even as an amateur collector. I've got a, just a few cars. There's one under there under the cover. It's 3,600 miles on it. And, and yes, I, I, I look at it every day and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this car. Like I, I could drive it like a little bit. I could, you know, 20 miles, 30 miles here and there, but like, just forget I, about it. Yeah. That's but, the best way to do it. <laughs> but 
Yes, and then and then what? Because I bought it. And then you'll come I in like in ten it. years and go, God damn! I forgot I had that car. What's it worth now? Yeah, I gotta I gotta get it out of sight. That's what I gotta do. Is and then it almost like you know like a four hundred one k or something. Like I need to not look at it all the time. But I bought it because it was cool. I don't put money into my four hundred one k because it's cool looking, right? And and. And I was like, well, I could put money into the 401k or I could buy this cool car that I like that I think is a piece of art and may go up in value one day. But I, I don't know. It's almost as hard to look at it as it is to not look at it and know that it's there. So, um, Man, bu buying cars for value increase is a tricky, slippery slope, man. I yeah, mean, some people do sure. that. I'm terrible at that. I lose money on every car I buy, and I tell people that straight up front. And I enjoy them, and I love them, and they're fun. But if I was to do this to try to make a buck, I would be I would be terrible at it. But the hockey stick of the bidding values that we see, like when it's new, like in the wrapper miles, like under 500 miles, yeah. then flattens out to this sort of low miles range of call it a thousand to 10,000. And I fantasize about those cars. Like, Oh, I'll just buy that car. Cause it feels like a new car. And if it's had 5,000, I'll take it to 15,000, have an amazing year or two or three or with it or whatever. And the value may not actually, it, it's still a low mile, crazy car yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah. And you might, if, you might break but you can't even. do that. You can't do that on a car with 21 miles on it. Cause if you take it to 1500 miles, like the mileage police, crazy people like lose yeah. their mind about uh, the value drop off of that. But I'm more like, Hey, if I want a low mile car, like buying a nineties car with 25,000 miles on it and taking it to 35,000, like, that's not that different in a value world, but I get a lot of value out of it, right? So I was like, oh, wow, that could be really cool. So, but I'm not the guy that's buying the car with the original tires with, you know, 22 factory miles and plastic wrap and all that sort of stuff. But some people speculate, and I think some people will win, some will lose, some will win, but I would lose every time. If I try to do that and park it in my garage and tell my kids not to bump their bike into it and like, like bubble wrap it, like, I know that's grand plans, but I think I'm going to go down the tubes on that one. It's fine, but you're an art collector at that point. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. Well, that's I, and, and, um, so this week upcoming on Goldberg's Garage will be the 69 Hemi Charger, right? So yeah. B5 Blue. And so next week, I'm thinking about doing the 2020 Daytona number one of 501 uh, Charger Daytonas, right? The wide body. Yeah. Um. So I like to do video in all of the vehicles, obviously, that I have on the channel. So I'm thinking, spoiler alert of putting up a big green screen on the side of the car and acting like I'm driving down the road because right. it has seven miles on it. Right. <laughs> not driving it around town. No. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's six of one, half dozen the other. You tempt I, yourself by looking at the car. But as I said, I just cover the damn thing and kind of forget about it. You know, but and, and and those are the art pieces of the cars, right? You've Absolutely. got a demon like that as well. One of the the, the black demon, you know, it's low miles. I don't know if it's, it's still two digits something. Well, yeah, and that. ironically, they're the only two cars that are covered in the garage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to have to. You know, it is what it is. I mean, it's all relative. I'm not going to sit here and. Yes, you know my situation. If you want something badass and you want to collect it, buy another one and buy two the of them. Out of if it. you can That's do it, buy, do. just buy two of them. Try to buy two of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, if you're, you know, you're buying the 1920s Mercedes that, you know, Hitler was in or something crazy like that, you don't get two of them. You know, but I guess you could. You'd, you, you know, like the Pebble Beach car. I don't know. It's just a lot of those you just don't get to buy two of. But uh, just an interesting trend that I saw on Bring a Trailer is some of these low mile cars have have popped up. And it, it, what's interesting is, is prior to Bring a Trailer, I don't think there was a good place to bring those cars to the public and, and offer them up for sale. And I think Bring a Trailer, what's interesting is made that possible you can take your your integra type r with 800 miles on it and bring it to the masses and show that car without having to like trailer it to the japanese classic car show in long beach and put a for sale sign on it and go this is why this is a cool car right you can you can do it at at a place and another thing that i brought up to 
to uh, Adam the other day. He was like, hey, you know, we're thinking about selling a race car and, you know, change up the collection a little bit, um, you know, but it's so unique. It's so special. And, you know, it's got, you know, some some names that are famous in the racing industry, not really outside the industry. It's not like, you know, uh, it's a it's a, you know, a, a Richard Petty car or something like that. And I go at this point, bring a trailer is where to put it, because. Bring a trailer will get enough eyeballs and then those people will talk about the car and I can pretty much promise you that anybody who's interested in this unique car will hear about it on Bring a Trailer. Because, as Randy said, someone will call somebody or somebody will post it in a Facebook forum or someone will share it to their friends and go, I don't know if you saw this yet, but up on Bring a Trailer, you know, this so-and-so 1971 racing car dots and whatever popped up. And and that that's what's interesting about the community aspect of it. The community of Bring a Trailer is the best marketing tool you have in your arsenal. It, it can be. Hey, man, you want a job in marketing? That was quite a pitch for uh, quite a pitch for BAT right there. Um, but the uh, and now you got my wheels spinning on 71 dots and like which one of it is your guy's garage are you guys thinking of going to market with? But um, but yeah, that sort of visibility on unusual cars like and that's not something we designed from the get go. It's just like when it's pretty invigorating and exciting when uh, the broader car community like accepts something and starts to magnify it in a way that we could never have done ourselves. Right. If we're out there hyping, Hey, Dotson race car, you know, rah, rah yeah. with our social channels or whatever. I mean, that's like, a, it's almost not really authentic or believable and B it's small fry compared to you turn this crowd on, on loose, you know, this stampede of, of uh, people talking about it throughout the, the car world. And, uh, you know, another weird one, you mentioned dots and race cars, like esoteric stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys follow like Ford trucks, Ford four by four trucks from the 60s, 70s and 80s. There's this rabid group of following dent side and bump side trucks and the yeah. the uh, the quad cab version of those four wheel drive, the real ones. There, There's this crowd that has surfaced that are like the authenticators of those cars and they get Marty reports on those trucks and they're called an F26 package and like all this crazy stuff that I've learned that I never would have known. And those cars are bidding to 150 grand uh, or trucks are bidding to 150 uh, grand and these people are trading them and they're like, oh no, that's a rebody. That was two wheel drive and converted. And these guys will like, they're deep in that world and they magnify it within their whole space of friends and, and fellow enthusiasts. And there's just... And a never-ending list of each little niche like that has this like like very deep knowledgeable crew that has rallied around it on BAT and and they can kind of authenticate and they're our best marketers because if that guy says it's legit and the real deal like that's gonna you know you can go to the bank with that more than if Randy or Matt or or anybody else does so it's it's super interesting to see that and I think that's why you're saying that's that's the place but. We can also talk about the shortcomings of BAT, dude. I don't know how much time you got on the podcast, but I don't want it to sound like an advertisement, but I appreciate the uh, enthusiasm you have for it, Matt. Uh, uh, yeah, listen, I mean, like we, lo we love the platform. We love you going on. We're actually running out, out of time. But uh, yeah, those guys with the trucks, by the way, you're their savior because for years they've been like, nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody talks to me at dinner. Nobody wants <laughs> to hear doing, what I got to say. All you're doing is chumming. That's all yeah. you're doing. And, and now telling. they're like, now we have a place. Now someone will listen to us. We <laughs> found go. a forum of other guys that have old Ford trucks that we could we could talk to. Yeah, the Ford um, truck Facebook page has like eleven fans, right? Yeah, like they yeah. were they were all talking to each other, right? And now yeah, they all know each six other. Six of them are Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, under different aliases. It's just all me buying and selling my own shit. I created my own forum online just to buy and sell my own shit. I can't rag on him. I had a '68 F250 on last week. There you yeah. go. There you go. I love those. Um. All right. So what's next for for bring a trailer? Are we are we just pushing on on the same thing because we're looking at new car trends, or is there some big innovative thing that we can look for with with bring bring a trailer? Uh, well, it's actually getting interesting. The most uh, consistent question I get is, yeah, like, where is this going or what's going to happen to online auctions in the next five and 10 years? And the trick about BAT is there's there's still 
a line around the block of people that want to use it, that work figuring out how to manage, right? It's still the, the, in my dream world, you'd have your car live on BAT in like 72 hours, right? It'd be like super fast, but with the vetting that's required and the back and forth and verification of the documents and all this sort of stuff, it takes, uh, yeah, like three, three plus weeks to get your car on BAT, right? Which is really long. So the future of it is making it easier and easier and easier through, uh, tech tools to help you be like, okay, I want to sell the Dodge Demon, BAT, you've sold a, a bunch of these. Here's the car, you know, really, really uh, slick, nice way to submit and interact with our team, which is still human, right? It's not like a digital, you know, you're you're filling out uh, forms and never talking to anybody. You get humans assigned a BAT to do it and humans uh, slow it down, but I think elevate the the quality. So how do you do that at scale? We now have, yeah, 850 on the site a week, over a hundred cars a day. But there's demand to double that again, right? Like, it, it's really funny. In the early days, people said, uh, how many cars can BAT list, right? And we were at that point at 20 cars. And I was like, I don't know, maybe like 50 a week sounds totally crazy to me, but maybe yeah. we can do that. Like, let's all link arms and try to do that together. You know, it was like, uh, and you get there and then the ceiling is higher than that. And then you get to the 150 and the ceiling is higher than that. And now we're at 850 and we're like, you know what, there isn't really a ceiling if they're presented well and enough people are seeing them. If we flooded it with, you know, the same cars and thousands of the same cars and it was just like you were lost in it or we did that poorly, I think it would fall on its face. But I think that we are coming up with ways that you can navigate and these cars can find you in a way instead of you having to go search through a thousand cars on the website. And how to do that is tricky and requires some smart tech and some smart um people interactions on the site and us us um figuring out how you use the site and now the app there's an app that helps us do that as well which is maybe better than doing it on your computer is is finding ways to do it on mobile so anyway it's a big challenge it's a really big challenge there's not a lot of marketplaces out there where you're like wow i want more and more of it but it's getting complicated to find what i want there's a couple of them yeah um but uh but bat has a sort of unique challenge in that Randy, I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you and, and being on the, the show with us. We're going to have to have you on again soon, probably when you crack $2 billion in annual sales. <laughs> it's probably going to happen sooner That'll than sign. we think. That'll <laughs> happen, yeah. Especially if you keep selling dots and race cars and uh, <laughs> and uh, we can we can watch what the market does. But it's it's fun to be with you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. Right. Pleasure. Guys, bringatrailer.com is the website and uh, uh, be sure to, you know where we are on social media, Goldberg's Garage on, on YouTube. He's got more videos coming up, as he mentioned. Randy, actually, uh, 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 you thought out, you, you threw out Jonathan Ward's uh, name somewhere in the show and uh, he's going to be on with us next week. So uh, if you guys want to hear about Jonathan Ward's side of, of the business, um, uh, fascinating guy. I love Jonathan and it's such a, such a good dude and an incredible artist. So uh, we'll dig into that a little bit next week. Uh, and Drink Bravago. DrinkBravago.com is the uh, is the website for, for the hard seltzers. And uh, Randy, we'll get you some. I'll send you an email. We'll send you out some of that stuff as well. But thanks, guys. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And your foot on the floor. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.